0: The following program is furnished by The Truth About Your Future LLC. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station. This information is education and not financial advice. Consult a financial advisor before investing.
1: The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman is brought to you by Bitwise, the world's largest crypto index fund manager. And by Global X ETFs, dedicated to providing investors with unexplored and intelligent solutions. And by Invesco QQQ, a fund that allows you to access the innovators of the NASDAQ 100. And by Edelman Financial Engines. Rick Edelman is a board member, consultant, shareholder, and client of EFE. But EFE is unaffiliated and has no say over the content of The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman.
2: This
3: is where technology, innovation, and personal finance come together.
1: This is The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman.
3: And now your host, Rick Edelman. It is The Truth About Your Future.
0: I'm Rick Edelman. On today's show, how Roe v. Wade is going to impact more than just unborn babies. A new Bitcoin lawsuit against the SEC. The growth of CBDCs and a coming digital dollar. And this week's health and wellness segment by my wife, Jean Edelman. There is a huge social debate going on in our country. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The overturning by the Supreme Court of Roe v. Wade. This movement is not just about preventing abortion. That is clearly the point of that legislation, But the movement that led to the Supreme Court's ruling, which has said that the national law was unconstitutional and kicked it to the states, this movement is not defined as abortion. This movement is defined as right to life. This is a radio show and a podcast about your future, which means I'm talking about not the issue of birth and the debate associated with terminating pregnancies. This is a conversation about death. This movement is defined as right to life. And under this viewpoint, you don't have the right to end your own life, no matter what your health condition is. If you're in a coma with no hope of recovery, what if you're suffering from agonizing pain from terminal cancer? What if you have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease? a fatal illness where you lose all control over your body, including the ability to communicate. You can right now sign a medical directive that dictates your preferences regarding medical treatment, allowing you to choose to die naturally instead of being kept alive artificially tied to machines. But now, just as there has been a successful attack against Roe v. Wade, there are now similar legal attacks underway that would ignore your health care proxy. Wouldn't matter what you want with your preferences. These legal attacks would require that you be kept on life support against your will. It would allow doctors who oppose medical aid in dying to refuse to transfer your medical records to another doctor who is willing to help you. Roe v. Wade is just the beginning. This isn't a conversation about abortion. It's about aging and dying in dignity. And this movement is coming to take that away from you. I'm Rick Edelman. And this is the truth about your future. One of the big questions I often get from folks is what is the government's attitude about crypto? Is the government supportive? Are they going to help see it get developed, or are they going to ban Bitcoin? That's a really common question. So I'm really happy to welcome onto the program Congressman Jim Himes. He is Connecticut's fourth district representative, and he's now serving his seventh term in the House of Representatives. Congressman Himes is a member of the House Financial Services Committee and chair of the Select Committee on Economic Disparity and Fairness and Growth. He also serves on the National Security, International Development, and Monetary Policy sub. Committee. Congressman was born in Lima, Peru, grew up fluent in Spanish and English, and he moved to the United States when he was 10 years old. He attended Harvard and as a Rhodes Scholar attended Oxford University. Before being elected to Congress, Jim Himes was a VP at Goldman Sachs, where he headed the bank's telecom technology group. Congressman, it's great to have you on the program. Thanks for having me, Rick. So, with a background like yours, coming from Goldman Sachs, Wall Street, and particularly involved in telecom tech, not at all surprised that you have an interest in blockchain and digital assets. Is this a common attitude on Capitol Hill, or are you uh, solo in your interest in this subject?
4: No, I'm far from solo. I'll, I'll I'll tell you, Rick. I you know your question about what's the attitude of the government—that's a hard question to answer because the government's pretty big with a lot of people in it. But I will tell you that most members of Congress are. Um, some combination of intrigued by the innovative possibilities that could come out of crypto. And when we say crypto, I mean, you know, also blockchain, NFTs, that kind of stuff. Definitely intrigued by the innovative possibilities, um, but also a little concerned, right? We're obviously talking at a time when an awful lot of people have lost a lot of money. In a variety of different cryptocurrencies, and so look, the government will, will, will figure out eventually how to do what it should do, which is to you know regulate uh, what is essentially, at least in a narrow way um a financial market to make sure that you don't have rampant fraud to make sure that people who buy and sell cryptocurrencies can have some confidence in who they're dealing with and that kind of stuff but you know i sort of think of it as the way i'm i i'm old enough to remember the internet back in kind of 98 99 right right maybe even earlier 97 98 no one really knew what it was going to mean and there was a lot of crazy stuff there were all sorts of you know fly-by-night ideas and stuff but obviously it transformed the world that we live in and i think You know, cryptocurrency may not be quite what the internet was, but I think there's going to be some pretty interesting things that come out of it. And one of the
0: most interesting that is most topical these days is a CBDC, a central bank digital currency, the notion of making a digital dollar. There's a lot of conversation about this in Washington. You recently wrote a white paper. You strongly advocated for the United States to launch a CBDC, a central bank digital currency. Talk about why you wrote the paper and and why you believe that we need a CBDC at this moment.
4: Yeah, you know, it it helps to sort of start with kind of how actual currency developed, right? You know, if you could sort of rewind to 200 years ago, you'd have a situation where each state was issuing its own currency, Uh, you know, companies would issue currencies and, you know, eventually the United States and other countries figured out that you ought to have one national currency, right? And then that ought to be what people use to make purchases and save money and that kind of thing. You know, by the same token... um, In the crypto realm, I think it's quite possible there's going to be a whole bunch of different cryptocurrencies, probably interesting to different groups of people. But there's one thing the government can do, which is to provide a currency that, like a dollar bill, has the backing of the U.S. government. And that opens the doors to people who may be skeptical of um, the banking system, for example. Let's imagine the banks start issuing stable coins. There's obviously a percentage of the American population, often immigrants that aren't um, comfortable with banks. So you can sort of see how a, you know, a digital representation of the dollars that we carry around, or at least used to carry around in our wallets might be valuable to a to a subset of people who, um, you know, who might not trust otherwise, um, you know, the cryptocurrency world.
0: What's the general sentiment on Capitol Hill? Do you find that there's broad support for this notion?
4: Well, I wouldn't say broad support. I would tell you that there's a lot of people intrigued by it. Again, A lot of people say, yeah, that's right. You know, particularly at a time when stable coins are experiencing some real trouble, Right. We've seen all the incredible volatility and the failure of Terra and questions about you know, what's the reserves on this cryptocurrency. A lot of people have lost a lot of money um, and there's been a lot of questions raised about privately sponsored stablecoins. Right now, it does feel like one of those moments where people might say, wow, if you could have one of these that was backed by the government, that would mean something. Um, There are other people who say, no, look, the government doesn't need to be in the business, right? You know, uh, banks and other private entities ought to do it. So that's still very much a debate. Um, where I would tell you there's some consensus is that, you know, even my Republican friends realize that we've probably got to be smarter about, you know, fraud and risk. And, you know, if you know bill stablecoin is out there saying i've got a dollar for you to make sure that that in fact is worth a dollar that kind of stuff i think is is sort of sliding right into the into the crosshairs of the congress right now
0: one of the comments that i often hear is that there's a lack of regulatory clarity about the crypto space. Uh, are you confident that congress has their focus on this and that we're going to see legislation over the next year or two that will help clarify some of the questions that the industry has?
4: Um yeah, i think because you say year or two, i have some confidence that, you know, congress will move on providing some clarity on things like you know, which regulator gets to oversee a particular cryptocurrency or a particular token, right? You know, the SEC, amongst others, is doing a pretty good job right now going after fraud. You know, there have been a number of instances where people have just out and out lied about tokens or, or cryptocurrencies. And the SEC is doing a pretty good job going after people who are committing fraud. But there's a lot of huge questions like, you know, Is it the Securities and Exchange Commission or the Commodities Future Trading Corporation or the Federal Reserve or the OCC? I mean, in this country, we're either blessed or cursed, depending on how you think about it, with a lot of different financial regulators. And it's not at all clear right now who has responsibility for the safety and soundness and business practices of all of these different flavors of cryptocurrencies. And I do think we're going to make some progress in the next year or two on that.
0: So what would you say to ordinary investors, you know, this is basically the the bulk of my audience here on this show, folks that are desperately concerned about their own personal financial security and their effort to create and manage wealth and protect the money for their children as well as on caring for aging parents. What what advice or, or commentary would you want to offer our listeners uh, as they express curiosity about crypto? Is this something that... Uh, I'll give you the two extremes. Stay absolutely away. It's nothing but a scam and a fraud. The other extreme, uh, it's the greatest investments in sliced bread, somewhere in between. What what general message would you like to convey?
4: Yeah, you know, that question sort of forces me to put my old banker hat on rather than my member of Congress. My members of Congress have no business whatsoever giving people investment advice. uh, And I'm not going to do that here. I'm going to tell you this, which is, you know, people get hurt because they chase the latest thing, right? You know, their buddy down at the bar tells them they should invest in Dogecoin and a son of a gun, you know, they, they cash out the 401k and put it in Dogecoin. And the next thing you know, you've lost a lot of money. So, you know, uh, successful investors are folks who invest for the long run, who do a lot of research, who are pretty prudent. It's not fun. It's not fun. Look, I know it's fun to day trade. I know it's fun to bounce from cryptocurrency, but you know, it. The, the The best thing I can tell you, Rick, is these are very high volatility. And in this world, volatility means risk. These are very high volatility, new, innovative things. And so, hey, look, if you want to put a little bit of money just to sort of play the game, that's one thing. But just, you know, don't, don't, this is not a moment to be betting the farm, as they say.
0: (laughs) Be measured, be responsible. Uh, I think as uh, General Patton once said, it's okay to take risk. That's different from being rash.
4: Yeah, no that's exactly right. I mean, look, think about it. How do how should people, you know, your average Joe investor out there think about the stock market? You know, oh gosh, my friend told me this time. Fine, fine. If you really want to invest in some stock you don't know a lot about, do it. Just be prepared, you know, just be prepared you could lose a whole bunch of money. So, you know, if it ain't in a bank account, you know, it's not necessarily risk-free. So, <laughs> people just need to remember that.
0: Uh, that's good advice, as always. Congressman Jim Himes, uh, thank you for being with us today. And if somebody wanted to read the white paper you just released on the notion of a U.S. CBDC, how would uh, our listeners get a hold of that paper?
4: So it's available on my um, official website, which is Himes.House.gov. Uh, if you just search for it the, on the official side, you'll, you'll see it. And it's a pretty easy read, you know, 15 pages or so, pretty easy read. We tried to keep it not, not you know, not too technical. And yeah, yeah, I'd be interested in people's feedback.
0: Well, there you go. You can get it at Himes.House.gov. And I encourage you to learn about this because it's very likely a CBDC is in our future at some point. Congressman Himes, thanks for joining us on the program. Thanks very much, Rick. I'm Rick Edelman, and you're listening to The Truth About Your Future.
5: Is your retirement withdrawal strategy built for a looming recession? Do you know which accounts you should draw from first? What are common pitfalls? How can you minimize your tax bite? Join Edelman Financial Engines on Tuesday, August 16th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern for our timely virtual event: Recession and Your Retirement Withdrawal Strategy. You can register for free at planefe.com/rick. We'll look at financial pitfalls to avoid and how to help make sure your financial plan is built to last. Whether it's sequence of withdrawals, when to start taking Social Security, or staying diversified, we'll help you understand the steps you can take to make sure your financial plan can work for you. Don't miss this important virtual event. Join us for Recession and Your Retirement Withdrawal Strategy on Tuesday, August 16th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern. There's no cost to attend and no obligation. Register now at Planefe.com Rick. That's Planefe.com Rick. Edelman Financial Engines, from here forward.
2: Want to invest in digital assets but find it all a bit complicated? There's actually a very easy way that you can invest in this new asset class. Simply choose the Bitwise 10 Crypto Index Fund, symbol B-I-T-W. It's the first and still the biggest crypto index fund. It owns the 10 largest digital assets and rebalances monthly, so you don't have to decide what to buy or when to rebalance. Bitwise does it all for you. At Bitwise, we want digital assets to be available to everyone, and that's why we work closely with individual investors like you, as well as financial advisors and institutions. At Bitwise, crypto is all we do. If you believe digital assets should be part of a diversified portfolio, take a look at the Bitwise Crypto 10 Index Fund, symbol BITW, available everywhere you get your investments. There are major risks to consider, including the loss of your entire investment. Before investing in crypto funds, visit bitwiseinvestments.com to learn about the risks with these investments.
6: The Truth About Your Future is sponsored by Global X ETFs. Exponential technologies are transforming the world around us and creating new investment opportunities along the way. But where to start? At GlobalX, we have spent more than a decade focusing on long-term emerging trends, what we call thematic growth. While many of these disruptions are now part of our daily lives, like fintech and telemedicine, others are making their impact felt behind the scenes, or perhaps under the hood. Think of the lithium batteries that power electric vehicles, the rise of hydrogen fuel cells, or renewables like solar and wind, which are becoming increasingly cost-competitive. All of these themes represent vital components of a next-generation green energy economy that is more reliant on innovation and less dependent on fossil fuels. Learn how you can add these and other green investment themes to your portfolio at GlobalXETFs.com or ask your financial advisor.
0: Let's go to the phones here on The Truth About Your Future. Heading off to Clifton, Virginia. Harvey is with us on the air. How are you doing, Harvey? Doing really well, Reckon you? Oh, doing well. Thank you very much. What can I do to help you?
7: Well, I've been listening to the show for quite a while, and I'm listening in uh, with your new advice, and I'm really interested in the uh, a variety of opportunities you discussed, especially the global uh, X ETFs and their focus on uh, some uh, some small areas that might have uh, critical importance going forward. And I'm particularly interested in their water fund. Yeah, I've I've noticed from my from my experience, that uh, Israel is one of the critical critical countries in development of technology for water. And I noticed that on the Global X uh, site, the, the participation of Israel in the fund is zero. And then I noticed the conscious approach uh, disclaimer in the, uh, the fund's page. And it, it leads me to believe that maybe they choose not to, to participate in uh, securities from Israel
0: yeah no, it's not nearly as uh, nefarious as that the uh, the global x ETF that is investing in clean water is the a q w a ticker symbol, and I'm a fan of the fund as well um, but let's understand how it works uh, pretty much all ETFs are passively managed, meaning they are index funds so instead of a fund manager deciding what stocks to buy, the ETF tracks an index. And in this particular case, the Global X ETF tracks the selective Global Clean Water Industry Index. That index is what you need to look at. In other words, how is that index constructed? What are its rules? How does it decide what stocks qualify or don't qualify? And when you look at the rules, I went and checked, when you looked at the rules, The index does not specifically exclude Israeli holdings. And Global X, of course, does not exclude Israel or any country because of uh, any particular political risk. That's not a concern. The Global X Clean Water ETF excludes companies in Israel simply because they don't meet the requirements for inclusion in the index. For example, all the stocks in the fund have to comply with the rules that are set by the United Nations. Uh, The U.N. is very concerned about human rights, labor practices, the environment, anti-corruption, stuff like that. There are 22 companies in Israel that comply with these rules. So you'd figure, okay, they should be in the fund. The only problem is only two of those 22 are in the clean water space. And both of them are privately held companies. They're not publicly traded stocks. And so the ETF can't buy them. And it's kind of an unfortunate limitation of ETFs. Because ETFs are only able to buy publicly traded stocks. They can't buy private companies. This is why private equity is a big conversation, which is a whole other topic, because they invest in privately held companies. ETFs and mutual funds invest in public companies. So you're right. Israel has a couple of really awesome water companies, but they're both privately held, and therefore they don't qualify for inclusion in the index. Got it. So you're right to keep looking at this. And it's important that we understand index construction so that we know that this is actually operating in a way that we would want it to. And, and my conclusion is, yes, the Global X Water ETF, AQWA, is a really good way to get exposure in this space. If you agree, like I do, that climate change is creating a clean water problem, you know, we are having drought in many countries around the world. Even in the U.S., our own Southwest, is having a huge water drought problem. Many countries around the world are. There are a billion people in the world who don't have access to clean water. So this is a huge growth industry. And the GlobalX AQWA ETF, That's the symbol AQWA, is a really great way to get exposure to that technology and the companies that are in it. Got it. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Harvey, I thank you for calling. I really appreciate your question. You can do what Harvey did. Just send me an email to askrick at the truth, AYF.com. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future. I'm really excited to tell you we're releasing my next masterclass. Financial Planning in the Age of Longevity. Thousands of people watched my first masterclass, The Truth About Crypto. Now, here's my new class, Financial Planning in the Age of Longevity. It debuts this month. Sign up now. In my new masterclass, you'll discover the truth about your future, starting with the fact that if you're alive in 2030, you'll probably be alive to age 100 and beyond. Will your money last as long as you do? That's what my new master class teaches you how to handle college and career, home ownership, long term care, estate planning, and of course, your investments. Register now for free to watch my new master class, Financial Planning in the Age of Longevity. Sign up now at thetruthayf.com. That's thetruthayf.com. Stay with us for more here on The Truth About Your Future.
8: Need help managing the complexity of income needs in retirement? Meet Schwab Intelligent Income, a simple, modern way to pay yourself from your portfolio. Tell them how much you need and how long you need it to last. They'll estimate how much you can spend. Plus, you can start, stop, or adjust payments anytime without penalty. And with Schwab Intelligent Portfolios, you won't pay an advisory fee. Visit Schwab.com slash to learn more about their modern
9: approach to wealth management. What do all the greatest innovations have in common? Agents of innovation. Ordinary people who shape the future by putting their money behind the right ideas. Invesco QQQ is a fund that allows you access to innovators of the NASDAQ 100. So you don't have to be an inventor to help create what's next to come. Be an agent of innovation with Invesco QQQ. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETFs' risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 Index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly into an index. Before investing, carefully read and consider fund investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the prospectus
3: at Invesco.com. Invesco Distributors, Inc you're listening to the truth about your future with rick edelman sponsored by choice choice is changing the way americans save for retirement by making it possible to invest in bitcoin crypto and other alternative assets inside your ira that's right whether you open a deductible or a roth ira with choice you can invest in bitcoin and 22 other digital assets in your retirement account You can also buy stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, gold, real estate, and more, all in a single retirement account. There's no hidden fees or account minimums, just more control over your retirement savings. And Choice makes it ridiculously easy to combine all of your old retirement accounts with a rollover concierge service. So if you've switched jobs in the last few years and have been putting off rolling over your old 401k, make sure you check out Choice. Head on over to retirewithchoice.com slash Rick. That's retirewithchoice.com slash Rick.
0: Welcome back to The Truth About Your Future. There's a big deal lawsuit going on right now against the SEC. And we need to give you a little bit of backstory because this could have a big implication for you. It's involving Grayscale and the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. GBTC is the stock symbol. Grayscale is one of the largest investors in the crypto space. The Grayscale Bitcoin Trust is... $30 billion or so in value, the largest single investment of Bitcoin in the world, and it is owned by millions of American investors. Grayscale is one of the largest and oldest players in the crypto community, and the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust is one of the most popular, in fact, I think it is the largest, that would I guess make it most popular, uh, Bitcoin investment in the country. The Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, because of the way it operates, is legally considered a grantor trust, which is fancy language you don't need to be concerned with. But what it means is it trades over the counter in the OTC marketplace. You can buy GBTC through your brokerage account. And because of that, you're not buying and selling shares between you and Grayscale. You're buying and selling shares with other investors who happen to own the GBTC investment, which means the price of the fund might be different from the price of the Bitcoin that's inside the fund. And in fact, right now, GBTC shares are trading for about a 35 or 40% discount to their actual value. In other words, you're able to buy a dollars worth of Bitcoin for $0.60. Well, that sounds like a heck of a bargain, doesn't it? The problem is that that discount might get even lower. Instead of being worth $0.60 on the dollar, it might fall to $0.50 on the dollar. And you never really know if that $0.60 is going to go back up to the full dollar to provide yourself full value. This creates a challenge for investors. Grayscale isn't any happier about this than its investors are. And they have come up with a solution. Convert the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust to an ETF because ETFs always trade for full value. In other words, if that fund is trading for 60 cents on the dollar and they convert it to an ETF, it'll instantly trade a dollar to a dollar. In other words, those investors will have an immediate increase in the value of their asset. And by being an ETF, it'll be an awful lot cheaper. It'll also be more transparent and much more familiar to investors because, ETFs are the most popular investment vehicle in the country. It'll allow financial advisors across the nation to engage in crypto because ETFs are readily available from financial advisors everywhere. And so for this reason, Grayscale filed an application to the SEC asking for permission to convert the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust into an ETF format. And the SEC has said no. In fact, it's not just that Grayscale asked once and that the SEC said no once. Grayscale has filed this application repeatedly, and the SEC has said no repeatedly. Grayscale has finally gotten fed up and has now filed a lawsuit against the SEC. They are arguing that the SEC is acting capriciously and in violation of its own administrative procedures, that there's no legitimate basis for saying no to a Bitcoin ETF. I mean, think about it. The SEC has already said yes to a Bitcoin futures ETF. They've actually said yes to a short Bitcoin futures ETF, which means you can actually buy an ETF that bets against the price of Bitcoin. And those Bitcoin futures ETFs are based on an underlying security, which is the same as what Grayscale wants their ETF to be. So the argument goes, if the SEC is willing to say yes to a futures ETF, why aren't they willing to say yes to the actual ETF? It's got a lot of folks scratching their heads around the country, and we're going to now wait to see how this lawsuit progresses. My view, the SEC's refusal to approve Any of the dozens of applications, not just from Grayscale, but also from Bitwise and many other companies, all requesting permission to offer a Bitcoin ETF, the SEC over the past several years has consistently rejected every one of these applications. My view the SEC is causing great harm to investors through its activity. By rejecting these applications, they have not quelled investor interest in this new asset class. The SEC has merely driven investors into alternative investment products that are more expensive, less liquid, and riskier. What the SEC's done is very similar to Prohibition back in the 1930s. That law didn't stop drinking. It just made drinking more expensive and more dangerous. You had to go into a speakeasy where you bought Rotgut, which could have gotten you sick, which was a lot more expensive to buy. That's where we are right now. Without a Bitcoin ETF, three quarters of financial advisors who would otherwise recommend Bitcoin to clients, well, they're on the sidelines. Because without a Bitcoin ETF, they don't have a way to recommend it to clients. And this is forcing investors to go to other resources. My advisor can't help me, so I have to go somewhere else on my own. And the result, according to the Federal Trade Commission, is that tens of thousands of investors lost a billion dollars last year to crypto frauds and scams. A lot of that could have been avoided if those investors were able to rely on their financial advisors for help. And I place the blame for all of those losses squarely at the SEC's feet. With crypto prices so low right now compared to nine months ago, this is the perfect time for the SEC to approve these applications. Investors are more interested than ever in crypto, as are advisors. And the current opportunity to buy low, that's as strong an argument for approval as it is for buying stocks right now. In fact, Grayscale says approval of their application would unlock $8 billion of value for holders of GBTC, because it's currently trading at that big discount, which would instantly disappear. That discount's worth a billion dollars. This would go far to eradicating the losses that many people have experienced in their Bitcoin investments. This would give the SEC an opportunity to be a hero to American investors, rather than an obstructionist. In fact, the Wall Street Journal recently wrote an editorial blasting Gary Gensler, the chair of the SEC, in a headline they called Gary Gensler's Bitcoin Land Grab. The Wall Street Journal said, quote, Gary Gensler is taking investors hostage, saying, quote, the SEC has arbitrarily established a higher standard for approving a Bitcoin ETF for other investments, but hasn't explained why or how companies are supposed to meet that standard. The Wall Street Journal calls the SEC's behavior bewildering and says Gensler's blockade is counterproductive if his aim is to protect investors. I couldn't agree more. And I'll keep you posted on how this lawsuit plays out you're listening to The Truth About Your Future, I want to introduce Andy Blocker. He is the head of U.S. Government Affairs at Invesco. He's closely engaged with policymakers and has dealt not only with policymakers in Washington, but he was a VP of Government Relations for the New York Stock Exchange. He worked in the White House as Special Assistant to the President for Legislative Affairs, and he holds an economics degree from Harvard and an MBA from Georgetown. Andy, thanks for joining us on the show today.
10: Thank you. Great to be with you, Rick.
0: Well, I really appreciate your taking the time. You know, there is no question that more than ever, we have been putting Wall Street and Washington in the same conversation. You know, decades ago, one had nothing to do with the other. But everybody today, when they're trying to figure out what's going to happen in the stock market, what's going to happen in the bond market, they turn to Washington to get the question answered.
10: On the macro basis, I think there's a definite connection. I mean, What the Fed does definitely impacts markets. And we've seen it over the last few decades with low interest rates and and the Fed really pumping up the economy with their spending. And then post-COVID or during COVID, you saw fiscal stimulus from Congress and the president signing bills, whether it was President Trump or President Biden, signing into law, I think, six to eight trillion dollars in fiscal stimulus. So those things actually do impact the economy, definitely do impact the markets uh, in a great way. And the question is going forward. What are those macro things going
0: to be? We all know that the story of the day regarding uh, the economy is, of course, inflation. And the big question is, will inflation fall? And would it even matter in terms of the midterm elections, even if that were to happen?
10: I think the key is going to be looking how people feel in September. So if by September, by miracle, we have inflation fall in half from eight plus to four plus, okay, maybe there's a big impact. But if it just goes to seven or or six, it's still pretty high, and no one will really feel that impact. So, I think as far as inflation and its impact on people's minds, I think the bake is caked on that. The question is, are there other issues which rise up to compete with inflation, and that's what we're watching.
0: And what what are you seeing so far?
10: So, there's a lot of um, volatility, as you could say, in the macro world. First, geopolitically, you have Russia-Ukraine situation. You got the supply chain issues with. China and their, and their COVID no tolerance program, you've, you've got the abortion ruling, Roe v. Wade. Three months ago, when we polled that, it was about 6% of the American people were actually going to vote primarily about abortion rights. We've seen a dramatic movement to about 20% having that as a top issue. But to put that in perspective, you have inflation at 60, 70% inflation in the economy.
0: So at the end of the day, people vote their pocketbooks.
10: Exactly. And I think the January 6th impact is more going to be seen on 2024 and the viability of Trump as a presidential candidate, as opposed to impacting the 2022 election.
0: So you mentioned 2024. So I have to ask, uh, what's your guess? What's going to happen in the 2024 race? I'll make it a little bit easier. Who are the nominees going to be?
10: Oh, this is really easy. It's not going to make any of your viewers happy, but it's Trump v. Biden again. I mean, to me, that's the that's the default. Okay. And the reason I say that's the default case is because today, if Trump wants the nomination, he gets the Republican nomination. Today, if Biden wants the nomination, he gets the nomination. He's the president of the United States, he's the leader of the Democratic Party. Now, the election's not today, and things can change. And we've seen just a little bit of weakness for both of these candidates going in within their party. So, you know, Trump is still 80 plus percent popular within his party. Um, some polls show him seventy percent, but he 's still by far in a way the most popular candidate. But you see these little spot polls. You see a poll up in New Hampshire where last October, I believe, uh, DeSantis was trailing um, Trump by a sizable margin, but now he 's now up two points, a 27 point move. Now that 's a snapshot, and it 's just New Hampshire, so i 'm going to caveat that. but you can 't discount a twenty seven point move and then some other polls are showing. Where you have a matchup between Biden and Trump, some are showing, okay, Biden beating Trump, but losing to DeSantis. And what I think is going on here and what's going to go on for the next few years is Republican voters are going to have to make a choice. They're going to have to decide, okay, hey, I might like Trump and his policies, but he's got a lot of baggage. And do I want to just continue to support Trump? Or do I want to support the Republican candidate who has the best chance of getting Democrats out of power? And that's what they're going to have to weigh which is what Democrats had to weigh in 2020. You know, was Biden their first choice? All his policies? Maybe not, but he was the most viable candidate to beat Trump and the Democratic voters were right on that.
0: Now, you began your comments by saying that while you think the election is going to be Trump versus Biden, you preface it by saying no one's going to be happy with this. So why is it that I'm going to conclude or interpret your comment to meaning the Republicans are not happy it's Trump and the Democrats are not happy it's Biden? So explain yourself, please, Andy Blocker.
10: Yeah, so I explained a little bit on Trump that there's a lot of discontent and a lot of uncomfortability with a lot of the baggage he's taken on, right, with the January 6th hearing and other things, and they they like his policies but they'd rather do without his tweets. So that's the Trump side. The Biden side is. Kind of the same thing, but from a different perspective, I mean his poll ratings right now are hovering around forty percent um if you do the real clear politics you know compilation of polling that's a very low number right, and he's being seen as a drag on the democratic party in some ways, and so there's a there's a there's an uncomfortability like is he our best candidate going against whoever the Republicans put up um and then you know from the left side from the more Liberal side of the party, there's discontent about not getting certain things through, like build back better provisions and and things. So there's a lot of discontent there. But at the end of the day, each party, I think, and their voters are going to make a calculated decision about, okay, I might not like everything about this person, but who's my best chance to win the White House then?
0: Well, it's going to be a very dynamic environment, no doubt, for sure. We'll be paying a lot of attention to it, and I'll likely bring you back to get your um, most current views as we count down the clock to the midterms and then ultimately to 2024. That's Andy Blocker. He's head of U.S. Government Affairs for Invesco, and I really appreciate your spending time with us here, Andy. Thank you, Rick. You can learn more about the work Invesco is doing in all of this. Just visit Invesco.com. We actually spoke with Andy for nearly 10 minutes. You can hear and see the entire interview on our videocast at thetruthayf.com. That's thetruthayf.com. Stay with us.
5: Is your retirement withdrawal strategy built for a looming recession? Do you know which accounts you should draw from first? What are common pitfalls? How can you minimize your tax bite? Join Edelman Financial Engines on Tuesday, August 16th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern for our timely virtual event, Recession, and your retirement withdrawal strategy. You can register for free at planefe.com slash rick. We'll look at financial pitfalls to avoid and how to help make sure your financial plan is built to last. Whether it's sequence of withdrawals, when to start taking Social Security, or staying diversified, We'll help you understand the steps you can take to make sure your financial plan can work for you. Don't miss this important virtual event. Join us for Recession and Your Retirement Withdrawal Strategy on Tuesday, August 16th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern. There's no cost to attend and no obligation. Register now at Planefe.com Rick. That's Planefe.com Rick. Edelman Financial Engines, from here forward.
2: Want to invest in digital assets but find it all a bit complicated? There's actually a very easy way that you can invest in this new asset class. Simply choose the Bitwise 10 Crypto Index Fund, symbol B-I-T-W. It's the first and still the biggest crypto index fund. It owns the 10 largest digital assets and rebalances monthly, so you don't have to decide what to buy or when to rebalance. Bitwise does it all for you. At Bitwise, we want digital assets to be available to everyone, and that's why we work closely with individual investors like you, as well as financial advisors and institutions. At Bitwise, crypto is all we do. If you believe digital assets should be part of a diversified portfolio, take a look at the Bitwise Crypto 10 Index Fund, symbol BITW, available everywhere you get your investments. There are major risks to consider, including the loss of your entire investment. Before investing in crypto funds, visit bitwiseinvestments.com to learn about the risks with these investments.
6: The truth about your future is sponsored by Global X ETFs. Exponential technologies are transforming the world around us and creating new investment opportunities along the way. But where to start? At Global X, we have spent more than a decade focusing on long term emerging trends, what we call thematic growth. While many of these disruptions are now part of our daily lives, like fintech and telemedicine, others are making their impact felt behind the scenes, or perhaps under the hood. Think of the lithium batteries that power electric vehicles, the rise of hydrogen fuel cells, or renewables like solar and wind, which are becoming increasingly cost-competitive. All of these themes represent vital components of a next-generation green energy economy that is more reliant on innovation and less dependent on fossil fuels. Learn how you can add these and other green investment themes to your portfolio at GlobalXETFs.com or ask your financial advisor.
0: Welcome back. The truth about your future continues. Time now for everybody's favorite segment of the program, visit by my wife, Jean Edelman. Jean is a student of the healing arts, Reiki, traditional Chinese medicine, homeopathy, acupuncture, and of course, macrobiotic and plant-based cooking. Here's Jean.
11: Wonderful to be with you today. I hope you're having a great summer. This is the month of August, and I think that the month of August should be our self-care month. If we can develop good habits during this month, when we hit the fall, we'll be ready to take care of ourselves and hopefully not overcommit and just be in a good place. So this week's segment, I want to talk about sleep and our sleep habits. Sleep is so important. It's important for our emotional and physical health. So many of us just jump out of bed in the morning and just wake up surprised and just, you know, that's how the whole day goes. So what I want to do for this week is just suggest some ways to kind of ease into the morning and ease into the night and to develop good sleep habits. So it's probably better if we give ourselves maybe a minute or two before we need to get out of bed to kind of wake up, maybe take some breaths. Maybe stretch a little while we're laying there. Maybe set a nice intention for the day. Take some nice deep breaths. It's a great opportunity to practice our big deep belly breaths. And then get up. And then maybe before we jump into our routine, maybe we do some light yoga stretches. And we can put something up on the website to show you some nice little yoga stretches. So think about this. We're just developing a morning routine. We're waking up, we're breathing, we're setting an intention, we're stretching, giving our body some love and an opportunity to get some oxygen. We've been unconscious for four, five, six, seven, eight hours, however long your sleep is. And we need to be nice to ourselves as we begin our day. So tune in and start our day a better way. And then our night routine, I've talked about this many times, so important to our self-care. Do we collapse into bed at the end of the day, just exhausted? So many of us do that. But what about starting a nice evening routine? What if turn off the electronics, make sure the bedroom is cool and clutter-free, no to-do lists, no piles sitting near us, no TV, And maybe we take a shower and kind of physically wash the day away. And then before we get into bed, maybe some light stretches, maybe some nice massages of our feet or our hands, just something to relax ourselves from our very busy day. Our sleep habit in the evening is so important. And so I encourage you this week, look at your sleep habits. Try to fit in something different in the morning and the evening. Just notice for a week, if you try them for a week, see how different you will feel. And then when the fall hits, we will have our routines down pat and we're going to be in so much better shape. And so my word of the week, can you guess it? It's sleep. The S is for serene and calm. This is what we need at night before we hit the pillow fine-tune our routine so that we can restore and replenish while we are at sleep. It will help us to restore and refresh our bodies. And the other piece is when we start our day, if we can start it a little slower and a little more tuned in, that's going to give us a better day. The L is for vitality. This is what good sleep gives us. We wake up and we are ready for the day. The E is to enhance, to improve, protect our morning and night routines. These belong to us. We don't get to share them with anybody else because this is our self-care. The E is to endeavor, effort. That is all we can ask is to make an effort because these small changes over time will create a significant impact on our health. And the P is for peace a state of calm. Our bodies need a break. Good sleep is the key. And practice our routine. Practice our self-care. That is the goal. Have a great week, everyone.
0: If you're enjoying Jean's words of the week, you can get a list of them and all of her segments at thetruthayf.com.
8: This message is brought to you by Charles Schwab. No matter what tomorrow brings, some things won't change, like Schwab's commitment to see the world through client's eyes. That commitment is why Schwab is always here for clients with clear guidance and committed service to help maintain focus on achieving long-term goals. So whatever happens today, Schwab remains invested in you. Visit schwab.com to learn how
9: Schwab is ready to help. What do all the greatest innovations have in common? Agents of innovation. Ordinary people who shape the future by putting their money behind the right ideas. Invesco QQQ is a fund that allows you access to innovators of the NASDAQ 100. So you don't have to be an inventor to help create what's next to come. Be an agent of innovation with Invesco QQQ. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETFs' risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 Index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly into an index. Before investing, carefully read and consider fund investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the prospectus
0: at Invesco.com. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Have you signed up for my new master class yet? Financial planning in the age of longevity. Will your money last as long as you do? Register now for free at thetruthayf.com. That's thetruthayf.com. Thanks for joining me on the show this weekend. see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
11: Bye-bye. I'm sorry, what? What part didn't you understand? The buh or the bye? Bye-bye.
1: The truth about your future with Rick Edelman has been brought to you by Bitwise, the world's largest crypto index fund manager. As crypto grows, Bitwise believes everyone should have a simple and familiar way to access it. Bitwise makes crypto clear. BitwiseInvestments.com and by Global X ETFs. For more than a decade, Global X ETFs has been dedicated to providing investors with unexplored and intelligent solutions. Learn more at GlobalXETFs.com. And by Invesco QQQ, a fund that allows you to access the innovators of the NASDAQ 100. Invesco.com slash QQQ. Stay tuned for Everyday Wealth with Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky from Edelman Financial Engines. EverydayWealth.com backslash radio. EFE and the truth about your future with Rick Edelman are unaffiliated entities.
3: Get the truth about your future every weekend with Rick Edelman. It's the truth A-Y-F.com.